welcome everyone to the first actual episode of Becoming a Professional, the officially unofficial Beta Alpha Psi alumni podcast. Um, I'm your host for this episode, Mackenzie Gravett. Uh, you saw me and my two other co-hosts on our first episode, Riley and Mangala. This is our fourth co-host who could not make the recording in Vegas because she won tickets to a music festival and we don't blame her for that. So uh, Danielle, would you like to tell a little bit about yourself to our audience? Yes. Hi, everyone. Danielle Bradley. I currently serve on the board of directors for Beta Alpha Psi as your director for operational sustainability. So my focus is on strategy. How can we maintain relevance? Looking at our value add and proposition to all of you. Uh, both in terms of current students as well as alumni engagement. Um, I had the privilege of meeting Mackenzie and Riley and Mangala through also serving as an international alumni rep on the board a handful of years ago. And so uh, started off with Beta Alpha Psi as chapter president, continued involvement through alumni initiatives uh, to then do what I do now. But outside of being involved with Beta Alpha Psi, I'm a senior manager for credits and incentives, more specifically the research and development tax credit, as well as what's referred to as the orphan drug credit. So anything in terms of research and experimentation that businesses are doing in a variety of industries. And so I service them, try to maximize opportunities and incentives uh, to save them money on taxes. Uh, so that's what I do for a living. I'm based out of Seattle, Washington. So uh, today it's actually a very sunny day, very hot. And we're in the 90s. Um, going to be a hot week here, but hoping to uh, have a great week with all of you. You mean it doesn't actually rain every single day in Seattle? No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, summer is my recommendation for everyone to come, but 90s are a little bit abnormal. We're typically high 70s, 80s, which is perfect weather here. And if you can't tell by the background, Danielle did drive into the office today. So thank you for doing that on a Sunday. Um, so Danielle actually lives a little outside the city on a farm and doesn't always have the best reception or internet signal. So we appreciate it. So, uh, I mean, I guess you guys kind of have your own little homestead going, right? Yes, I refer to it as a hobby farm because uh, we just keep growing every single year with animals, but we have four dogs, four cats. Uh, we had four goats and within the last month have had four babies. Uh, so now we're up to eight goats. Oh my gosh. And then a lot of chickens and ducks. We have a rabbit named Luna, uh, you know, frogs, fish, a turtle, lots of different animals to keep us busy so I, I really enjoy it and I love the flexibility especially in our profession now to have what I refer to as kind of my corporate life and then my homestead life with being able to engage in those hobbies before and after work so yeah been, that's awesome yeah it's been a great privilege but to your point uh living out in the middle of the woods <laughs> with a lot of acreage is not uh the most reliable when it comes to internet or service yeah, I relate. I grew up in a similar environment. Uh, my parents still don't have internet at their house, um, which is shocking in 2023. But yeah, uh, well, we appreciate you driving in and we will definitely have to get some pics of the farm for uh, the Instagram account. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so can you tell us a little bit of how you got started with BAP? Where did you attend college? How did you find out about the organization? So I was doing my undergraduate at Pacific Lutheran University. Uh, the BAP chapter there is Delta Rho. That's my alma mater. And uh, originally going to college, I came in with the intention of I wanted to be a corporate attorney. That was originally my life path. That's what I wanted to do. And then my dad told me he didn't recommend me studying pre-law in case I got into law and didn't like it to have a backup plan. So I went business. That seemed a natural course to, to go through with that. That's what my, my parents both did. And then I get to college, get into all the business classes. They have the intros, did accounting, was really good at it. Uh, originally, it wasn't a passion area of mine, but um started working while going to school full-time and naturally got into the path of accounting. So um, I didn't join because I was already working and had a salaried position even before graduating. Um, but once I saw the BAP chapter during the social events that were on campus, what most interested me was the integration with service and the focus on giving back and not only to your local community when you think about it from a chapter perspective and building those relationships, but also how you're impacting your local society and anything larger scale as well as an organization. So I uh, got involved, really found a great group of individuals that I still uh, have as close friends to this day and am blessed for that. So it was a, a great opportunity for me to expand my network build a group of friends, and then be able to give back. So I absolutely loved VITA, getting involved with that every single year, seeing the impact you can make to individuals face-to-face. -face. Uh, I think it's, some, it's a, such a value add that a lot of students and other organizations don't have the opportunity of doing, or they have to go about it on their own. So the fact of Beta Alpha Psi pushing these initiatives, pushing competitions or case studies to be able to create you and define you in a way where you're multifaceted was the incentive for me. And so joined, um, started off as treasurer, made my way up to chapter president in my senior year, and then remained involved during my master's program. And then that's when I transitioned and wanted to give back to the organization that gave me so much and then transitioned into a regional and then uh, referred to now as your alumni advocate roles and continued involvement on the board. Yep. So I think that's super consistent with what Riley and Mangala shared on the last episode as well. Um, I think I think we were actually all four chapter presidents um, and then followed similar paths of regional rep to uh, used to be international rep, now alumni advocate role on the board. Um, and then you are serving a second term on the board now. So how did that happen? Yes. So while I was in my alumni advocate term, I was really passionate about integration of alumni and how they can remain involved. I think what we find typical is your first few years of your profession can be a bit overwhelming. You want to be able to do a lot. You're trying to figure out how to manage your new lifestyle how to maintain a proper balance. So um, there is a, a shift naturally that a lot of us have to go through where we want to do certain things, but we only have so much time in a day. 
And so when I was uh, a regional rep for the Western region uh, a handful of years ago, I know that Kenzie and I were doing the math before this call, I think seven, eight years ago at this point in time. But um, one thing that I was learning about is a lot of students would go to different cities. In, although it might be within the same state, it's an entirely different network, an entirely different community. And it was hard for them to, one, figure out placement, find a community that was local to that new geographic area. And when you think about it, Beta Alpha Psi spans, you know, we have over 300,000 members and alumni that are all over the world. And so I wanted to create a system to be able to leverage that network, to be able for alumni especially to give back once they're able to maintain that and are in a place and position in their life to be able to spend time involving those service opportunities with students and be able to host them in office or do uh, networking or interview prep, et cetera. And so it started as an idea in the Western region with schools sharing information in that area with their alumni materials. And then once I got involved in the alumni advocate role, I thought, how can we create this on an international scale? And that's when the alumni member network was developed. So we went through, developed that software. If you're not on the network, please join. But I really encourage you to go and see who all uh, is on there and where they are. We have alumni all over Europe, Asia. It's, it's a fantastic opportunity just to see where financial services can take you in your career and also see the different career paths. And so following that with the network, uh, I really was thinking on strategy. We went through a handful of years with COVID. Myself in the profession, our mindset has changed. The way that we need to develop as a professional has changed. And I wanted to be involved in developing that strategy, those goals, aligning next steps, really setting the organization in a position to excel the handful of years, not just survive, but really thrive. And that's when the position I'm in now was uh, offered as an opportunity. So I then applied and have now served one of my two years. So I'm going into, this is my last year in my term and position, but we did a revamp on the network, added more opportunities, looking at expanding learning uh, services and abilities for chapters as well as alumni, looking at CPE. So definitely thinking about how as a community can we help one another and as an organization, what can we provide to assist and what's most meaningful. And so that was that transition now to, to what I'm doing and why I'm so passionate about it. So if you yep. have ideas, send them over. <laughs> yes, please do. Uh, we'll share um, our email and our social handles at the end of the episode. So stick around for that. Check the show notes to see how you can get involved, stay involved, and contact us if you have any ideas for the alumni member network. Um, well, I mean, Obviously, you're passionate about BAP, right? And uh, I know this podcast title was all your idea, so becoming a professional. What is your vision for this podcast, and uh, where do you, where would you like to see it go? Yeah, so I, I'll talk first, I guess, on the title. Um, back when I was chapter president, I thought about 
becoming a professional aligning a lot with BAP and that from an alliteration perspective, becoming a professional, BAP. Right, it's nice. <laughs> I, I love alliteration. I might have a slight obsession with it. So when I was thinking about creative ways uh, for a best practices presentation, that was what we titled it. Um, I remember the last slide I built out where all of our chapter members faces built out like BAP when we said becoming a professional again. But I really think it speaks to what is the core focus of State Alpha Psi and it is to become a professional, to better your professional capabilities, your etiquette, your communication. Um, when you get into the professional market, you realize how many skills are required to excel. It's not just getting a job and landing a role. It's not just becoming a technical expert in what you do. You really have to be an advisor for either your company, your clients, and by that, you have to have a really broad understanding of the different offerings, the different services, your company with how best to manage or where's the direction going. And so that involves a lot of interpersonal communication, but most importantly to leadership and management. Uh, having the ability to manage, mentor, uh, is gonna be such a critical factor in your career for growth, as well as mm -hmm. building your own team. And so with all of these, State Alpha Psi gives you that little taste and flavor and you're able then to take that and become a better professional. And so that's where the, the name essentially came from. And that's what my hope, too, is for this podcast is that we can provide you different examples, stories that we have, really also define the struggles. Because I have gone through a, quite a bit and obviously would like to make sure you all know that that's something that's going to happen. It's natural, but also what can be avoided. And one of the things I remember, you know, being a teenager, my dad being like back in my day or the struggles I had to go through. And sometimes you don't want to listen. You're like, yeah, sure. And sometimes you think you have it fully figured out and you don't. And your path changes. You know, when I first got into accounting one, didn't think I was going to be in it. Right. Told you, I thought yeah. I was going to be a corporate attorney. Then I got into accounting and landed into consulting what I do now, but I tried a variety of different things and didn't really find my place and becoming passionate about what you're going to do for the rest of your life or for the next even five years is really important. You don't want to be doing something you don't love and finding that fit for you takes time, takes saying yes to experiences and opportunities. So knowing that our profession and just financial services in general is so broad, being able to provide that opportunity to communicate, provide background is also a service I think this podcast can do to showcase all of the opportunities and how limitless they are. Right. And so don't think you have to be fixed in a box and that that's the rest of your life, really showcasing all of the different options, how you can become a better professional. And then as you grow, like, what can you be doing in the next three to five years to set yourself up better for success? So this kind of leads into my next question, right? Um, how do you think this organization has made you a better professional? 
I think definitely the communication has been huge and building, I would say, a network. Um, it's not just elevator pitches and interviews. Like that is, yes, that may land you a job, mm-hmm. but that's not what's going to keep a job. That just gets you in the door. Being able to communicate, say yes, is the best way for you to grow your professional skill set and educate yourself. I remember being an intern at KPMG and would just go up and talk to everyone about what they do. I was the first uh, ever consulting intern in the Seattle office, and I was so curious about all of these other jobs, roles, functions. I really wanted to know and understand, and when you communicate, you'll realize people really do want to talk about what they do. They want to be able to share their experiences and That's why alumni a lot of the times want to be able to give back to in the network that we have. So even saying yes to opportunities or being the first person to initiate a conversation not only builds your confidence, it not only shows that I am a presence in this room, no matter your level, obviously be kind-hearted with it, be professional, have a high sense of etiquette, but you'll quickly realize that they're going to see that you're a self-starter and by doing that, give you opportunities because you're the one there making a presence and making your presence known. And so I, I got involved. I ended up being on KPMG's town hall that year as a speaker. So there's, there's so many different things when you communicate in a way and continue to build that, you're going to gain a sense of comfortability. I remember being so uncomfortable with it thinking, oh my goodness, anytime somebody asks me something, you get that sense of pressure, the little bit of anxiety. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. Now, when I get on the phone with clients, I don't have that sense of pressure or stress. I can have a conversation and it becomes very natural. And that is such a skill set to have. And that really started when I think of it from beta alpha psi, from not only, you know, in your collegiate career, obviously, you're going to give presentations, but getting in a room of like-minded individuals and also individuals that you have no background on, when you think of best practices, when you think of projects run with it, when you think of chapter operations, those are great incentives to build your level of comfortability. I think start with chapter operations, build up your sense of comfortableness, public speaking, really take that to the next level with project run with it or best practices and then continue that once you're in an internship once you start your career full-time don't say no to opportunities um and yeah i would say that that's the biggest thing that it gave me was building that confidence building that exposure on how to communicate how to better communicate and then i would secondly say the mentoring it really taught me leading into my career and when i became a senior And I started mentoring individuals, training other individuals to have them excel and succeed. What I did when I was chapter president, what I did when I was treasurer, and even thinking on roles and functions and training individuals to serve in those positions. And then also, you're building your community and network. And so many chapters have the mentoring programs where freshmen, sophomores, you're bringing them in, you're serving as their big versus like little dynamic and being able to be an effective mentor and lead individuals, I think is the most fulfillment I've ever gotten in my career. Like that's what drives me yep, to my, I totally agree. My, is 
when I see my staff, seniors, managers now excel in their career or hitting goals and achievements that they've been prioritizing, it, it brings me almost like tears, honestly. Like it's bittersweet for me to see that growth. And that's what a true leader in my, from my perspective is. It isn't your own personal growth, but it's how are you impacting others? And that dynamic is brought up in Data Alpha Psi and those those skills, that experience. And so leveraging that mm-hmm. moving forward is going to be such a great foundation for anyone that is looking at the management path. If you're looking at CFO, if you're looking at anything in financial services, mentoring that leadership and communication are three of the most critical skills to have. Yeah, I think that translates into just about any role, right? Like any role where you're supervising other individuals, even if it's not CFO, right? I know even as an experienced staff, when I was at EY, when we had interns, I was kind of like the acting senior on the project, Mm -hmm. right? So from a very early period in my career, I was put into a situation where I had to do that. And I'm not sure that I would have been as prepared if I had not had prior experience through BAP. So, yeah, I think it's been, I, I totally agree. I think it's been valuable for me in the same ways. So I know you've talked a little bit about your current role with BAP, but um, what are some initiatives like besides the alumni and member network that you've helped work on? I, I can think of a rather memorable one from about a week ago. <laughs> the Vegas oh, meeting. <laughs> yes. So um, back in 20. 20- 20 when we were having that annual meeting obviously that was the year of covid and our annual meeting went online mm-hmm. instead of in person so i was involved uh, in some capacity with the program management at that point in time which obviously drastically shifted and wasn't yeah i remember i i was on the board at that time and it was very stressful <laughs> yes so following that um you know, definitely the annual meetings and even mid-year meetings, anytime our network and organization can get together, I have the best time. It's so great. One, continuing to develop your network, but seeing the students, seeing alumni get involved in the professionals and professional partners that we have in their support. So um, an opportunity was presented when Kimberly had asked me to serve as her annual meeting chair for this year for the 2023 annual meeting. And I absolutely jumped at that opportunity. Um, The theme that Kimberly had for this last year was reimagining our path kind of forward, reimagining the profession, the topic of reimagining. And as I mentioned, especially after COVID, our profession, the entire world has changed quite a bit, Mm -hmm. not only in terms of what we have to be doing to thrive, but also how our lives have been impacted. You know, the dynamic now with technology, like the fact that Mackenzie and I are on a virtual call uh, prior to COVID was a bit more rare uh, in terms of now it's a common occurrence. Mm-hmm. And so really I wanted to think through at the annual meeting and uh, when the program chair, Valerie Went and I were thinking through everything. There was a lot of ideas that came to my head of, I want X, Y, and Z to happen because it's going to set them up better for becoming a professional, but also be more relevant to what you're going to experience in the real world. So, you know, part of that, for example, 
was what I've seen coming back is a difference, I would say, in caliber of professional etiquette, uh, professional skills, like understanding certain technical topics or being Mm -hmm. what I would say that self-starter. That initiative is the biggest differentiator in staff or seniors that I've had in the last four years is who has that initiative. So when we talk on like the the table discussions that we had, that gave everyone the opportunity to self-elect either a soft skill, something developmental, uh, a technical topic, or if you wanted to talk on service as we spoke on the critical benefits there in one's career. And so that was the the focus there was to give opportunity outside of chapter operations to have those conversations and also connect with professionals that could provide some expertise, some guidance, some recommendations or stories even Mm -hmm. uh, similar to the goals of this podcast. Um, Secondly, the headshots and what I would kind of define as more of the fun elements, like the fashion show and the etiquette lunch. And the line dance. We cannot forget the line dance. Yeah, the um, line dancing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole reception time, I absolutely love that night. But um, really thinking about how can we engage in a really fun environment and dynamic, but also bringing it back to being a professional in 2023 and 2024 when you think about that. I, uh, I've been very fortunate to always work for organizations that value a work-life balance, especially where I am now. You know, I am a line dance instructor on the side and I do that during nights a week. I didn't know you were an instructor on the side. I think you left that part out. (laughs) So I, you know, I started going and that was like my mental health break I needed was I started getting back into dance. I have always had a passion for dance started getting back into it and then over the last year have become an instructor and instruct at different private parties and uh, weekly and it's something that gives me such fulfillment you know it's similar where I'm helping mentor I'm helping lead in a direction but doing it in a passion area outside of work is so healthy and Mm -hmm. so I really wanted to showcase that you can still be a professional, you can still show up at work and be successful while also spending time for your self-care. Mm-hmm. And that was honestly something that was really hard for me to understand and get to that point in my career. And it took me longer than I would like looking back. Um, I would was the type of person to always say yes to things. And I overwhelmed myself and that I would basically undermine my overwhelmness by saying you're not dead yet nothing's happened you can continue and my health was honestly it was declining and I had friends commenting on it and I was just like I'm not broke yet and I've, I've told this story um, back when I would do uh, typically at each annual meeting a open chat on just different topics with students and that this topic would come up a lot, like mental health, the work-life balance. And I, uh, from my professional, outside of my professional life, my personal life, I'm married. I've been married since a really young age. My husband's in the military. We're high school sweethearts. And that's a big part of my identity. And I was working full-time, getting very few hours of sleep, commuting, because this was prior to COVID. You were in the office full-time. And I remember coming home 
one night and my husband saying like, I can't do this anymore and seeing him break down. And I, that's, uh, I've never seen that before. And it still to this day kind of brings back <laughs> some memories of that. And that was a, a really hard wake up call. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell students that a lot of the times you, you may disassociate, which is what I was doing. I was disassociating and it's the people around you. You also have to think about how you're impacting. And I realized at that point in time, you can only prioritize so many things in your life. And I I call it like the three rules. There's three bigger things that you can prioritize in your life at any given point. And it's not all year. It can be seasonally, Mm -hmm. um, depending on what you do, it could be monthly, but really that is what you need to maintain a healthy lifestyle and maintain that exposure. So that's kind of, you know, I wanted to showcase some dynamics of that at the annual meeting to really implement that. That is important. That's also what I do with my, my staff that I work with is I block out time and I put it like mental health activity. I will not be available at this point in time and really setting those boundaries and exposure allows them to do the same. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what I want. I want my, staff and my network and community to show up as their best selves each day. And that's not, obviously there's things that happen outside of work. You know, you can have a really horrible day that isn't, that doesn't make you a horrible employee, Mm -hmm. but you're going to be a lot more functional at work. If you have a better work-life balance, a better balance mentally and emotionally, intellectually outside of the office. And so that kind of inspired some of the fun dynamics to, to bring that in. And it's something, especially for any of you that are entering your career, I would highly encourage set that time. And it, it's going to take a, a bit of time to get your gauge on what you can and can't do. It's a, a learning curve and exposure, but especially after you're a year or two in, set maybe a goal each month, one thing, and make sure you stick to it. Put it out on your calendar. I'm definitely a calendar girl. I need to have everything on there to plan out. Um, but yeah, the annual meeting, and I've been babbling a little bit, was such a fun opportunity. And I, I was very fortunate to get involved with that. And then outside for the past handful of years, I've been involved in a variety of different task forces that we've had on particular topics, a lot of which are aligned now with my current position on how can we maintain relevance, opportunities that we can have involving like graduate programs more um but yeah I hope you all had a blast at the annual meeting if you were able to make it I had a blast <laughs> and uh you guys can definitely find the line dance tutorial on the beta alpha Psi official Instagram page um it yeah. is a real I will link it in the show notes because it is gold yeah. um I think there are a couple bloopers as well which was pretty funny um but yeah, I mean, all that was great, Danielle. You definitely aren't babbling. I think this is all very relatable. I uh, I like the rule of three. Um, I think that's that's a good call. I know um, this profession and specifically probably our audience who are Beta Alpha Psi students mostly um, are all kind of those go-getter, you know, high achieving types. And mm-hmm. it, we've talked about this before, but it can just be an absolute recipe for burnout. And so, I mean, I think this is something that's relevant even outside of the accounting profession. I mean, especially after COVID, I know just about anybody I've talked to can relate to this on some level. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, the annual meeting was fantastic this year. I like that it we're showcasing, you know, ways to have fun um, because they are college students, right? I mean, I uh, I know it's a business trip. We always say that and they're expected to attend sessions. Um, you know, it's important to be professional, get what you can out of it. You know, you're here to compete. You're here to present in some cases, but it still is important to have those opportunities for fun and networking and meeting other people. And you are not going to believe this, but I had students tell me they want speed networking next year. And this has to be a mm -hmm. post pandemic thing because I never thought I would see the day where somebody was asking to go to a speed networking event. I know that used to be like pulling teeth. So I was absolutely shocked by that. Yeah. And I think what was also interesting was also the feedback, not only from students, but the professionals. Like mm -hmm. we had so many professionals say it was such a fun meeting that they had the best time and to see them have fun with the line dance, with the fashion show mm -hmm. and how, how are we showcasing professionalism and etiquette in these different avenues and spaces. And so uh, they all had a blast and you know like the 360 photo booth updated headshots they're things that may seem so small when you think about them individually but when you aggregate everything together that whole uh, exhibit and reception night and then pair it with some of the networking roundtable discussions um I'm happy to hear people want more networking because yeah. definitely we gave the most <laughs> that we've given in the past handful of years. So and they're like more. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, so I know that we've talked a bit about ways that alumni can stay involved, right? But just kind of going down the list, um, the alumni and member network, how can they join that? Yeah. So it's a simple join process. Uh, just go to the Bait Office website. You'll see the icon for the alumni member network but joining as an alumni gives you the opportunity to elect and identify how you would like to be involved it could just be they could message you and you'd get you know a confidential email to the email that you sign up with you can also elect uh the areas that you would be willing to provide services to chapters or students so if you're willing to serve uh, and provide like an office tour, if you're willing to do a professional session or discussion for a chapter, either virtually, in person, uh, the ability to uh, do resume review, mentor one-on-one. -on -one. So everything that you can think of about as a professional, how can I give back? There's probably an option for it. And so you can check those boxes. And what that'll do is as the students are looking, they can filter I really would like to have an office tour done in the city of Seattle, who all from an alumni perspective is offering those and then they can connect with you. Uh, we have it set up now with direct LinkedIn. So connect your LinkedIn and they could easily just press that button, connect with your direct profile on LinkedIn as well. Uh, we also then have the technical topics and expertise. So what I find to be most helpful is what your background's in, what you are comfortable providing explanation on or discussing, you can elect those. So for myself, you know, I've been involved in consulting, but prior to that did internal audit, I did general ledger accounting. And so I've also selected those because that was a path of my career that I can speak on. 
And then students similarly can then identify and search. I'd like to speak with an alumni uh, that has experience in this field and it'll similarly filter that down. So as students, they're able to connect with alumni both from a geographic area, a technical expertise, just service in general with what they're willing to do. Um, we also have set up new, new uh, considerations for years out since graduation. So even alumni to alumni, what I found helpful is as I'm making it closer to director or partner track that I can connect with individuals that are 10 years out from graduation mm -hmm. and those that I would like to connect with. And so leveraging the different career paths and trajectories as well. And so I've used that to connect, to gain professional mentorship as well. And so I would leverage employees and just, uh, excuse me, alumni to alumni and those relationships as well, because that's been critical to my continued success is not just the network that I was building as a student, but the network of 300,000 alumni members that we have. And, you know, can even be travel advice. I, I'm always crazy to see where all of our alumni are with, they're in Asia, they're in Europe. And so I've met also a handful that have traveled. They're in different countries now. So think about that dynamic personally as well with expertise that they can give you in your life that's outside of work as well. So making sure that you're just building that network, connecting, engaging with alumni, alumni to alumni, alumni to students, even faculty advisors, making sure that you're able to connect and provide your chapter growth opportunities with data analytics, new technology integration, finance. And so that's all offered through the network. Great. Um, and for our alumni that are listening, uh, first of all, please join the alumni member network. But also, if you've moved to an area that's outside of your college home base, um, if you go to the Beta Office I website, which is BAP.org, there's um, a link at the top that says join. Um, there's a subsection that says find a chapter. So like Danielle mentioned, we do have over 315 chapters over the U.S., Australia, New Zealand, and I believe one in Saudi Arabia, possibly two. I thought we had another petitioning chapter as well. Um, but check that out and, I mean, see if there are chapters in your area that you could give back to. Um, I'm sure they would love to have you, even if you're not from their alma mater. It's always nice to be able to kind of expand those students' horizons as well. Um, so, I mean, I think this was a good place for us to leave it, right, Danielle? We're giving them some takeaways. Um, we want to see that alumni member network um, expand even more. So, uh, yeah, I think... Definitely like, follow, subscribe on social media for our handles. Um, you can find us on YouTube and Instagram at BAP alums. Um, and then check out the Beta Alpha Psi official Instagram as well. That's underscore Beta Alpha Psi. They're on LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, and then make sure that if you want to let us know what you'd like to hear on future episodes, or if you have any ideas for alumni involvement, expanding the alumni and member network, really anything, um, we're at BAPalums at gmail.com. So we'd love to hear from you. Um, so once again, thank you, Danielle, for joining us for our first official episode. And we'll see you in several more episodes, I'm sure, since you're joining us yeah. as a fourth co-host. I know. I know all of us as uh, co-hosts were so excited. So as Mackenzie mentioned, please let us know if there's something 
you would like us to talk on, provide some exposure, and I won't describe it as expertise because we're all still trying to figure out (laughs) this thing called life, but uh, we are really excited and hope that it provides some sort of benefit to you. All right, so thanks guys, and we'll see you next time. 